Welcome to the Weekly Wrap podcast by the National Farmers Federation. Here's this week's update. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Weekly Wrap. I'm Rhiannon Arnold, the Digital Coordinator at the NFF, and I'll be your host today. It's been an exciting week for the NFF in the lead up to tomorrow's federal election. We had our Members' Council meeting on the 18th and 19th, which is a chance for all NFF members to get together and discuss NFF policy and the big issues impacting Australian agriculture. We've spoken to some of our members about how they feel the election campaign has gone and how agriculture has fared. But before we jump into that, let's take a look at some of the other big topics from this week. The NFF has put the major parties' responses to the Time to Thrive campaign under the microscope in a policy voting guide released earlier this week. Voters can see where the major parties sit on agriculture and regional development before heading to the polls tomorrow. Foot and mouth disease continues to cause concern. However, the Department of Water, Agriculture and Environment has reassured the disease is at the forefront of global research. Humans bringing the disease to Australia through contaminated food and soil is the biggest risk. The NFF and Grain Growers Limited have set the record straight, explaining the fuel tax credit works similarly to the GST and does not lower fuel prices or cost taxpayers. This follows some rhetoric from independent candidates. A recent survey found 97% of grain growers say maintaining the FTC would improve their sustainability and profitability. And seven women have been named finalists in the 2022 AgriFutures Rural Women's Awards. They will represent their state or territory at the national announcement on the 6th of September. Jumping back to Members' Council, here's what some of our members had to say about the upcoming election. The election campaign's been a really interesting process to see both when and how policies have been released. And in many ways, being told to have to wait and the fullness of time hasn't been ideal for not only us to explain and understand what the policies are, but for us to actually develop and score them against our Time to Thrive scorecard with the five main pillars has been a little bit frustrating. But nonetheless, it's good to see that the major parties have been able to put their positions out so that we can decipher and understand it a little bit further. That's David Jahinke, the NFF Vice President. The one great thing about agriculture, and especially the NFF family, is that we've all got the ability to put our positions forward underneath the same framework. So as the family's been going about their business, each individual commodity and sector has been able to put forward the nuances, the nuanced bits of their, their industry that they want to have dealt with. So as a whole, I'd say most people have been able to put their positions forward, but have, we haven't necessarily got the response that either we've been looking for concisely, or secondly, the vision that we want to see for agriculture moving forward. So it's been, once again, a little bit of a frustration, frustration um, from our members and from ourselves, just getting that clarity that we've been searching for. The great benefit of the 2030 plan to get agriculture to $100 billion is based on that regionality piece. And when we talk about that, that's getting people in the rural areas, getting manufacturing, getting that value add back into Australia. And for that to still be committed to by all parties and that understanding that how important that is gives us a little bit of clarity about 
what we can peg on, and that is the aspiration of getting to that number, but it's actually the policy and procedures and, and even funding that gets put into place to make that happen. And for us, it gives us license to push even harder to make sure that we are front and centre in all the important issues that not only builds agriculture, but the livability of our regional areas. I'd say that the aspiration of all the major parties in response to our vision has fallen short to some degree. We want that commitment long term. We just don't want to have one or two programs that tick off a box. We want to see that commitment to go above and beyond. So that actually benefits the whole nation and getting this mindset around how much the regions can actually build and drive the economy isn't necessarily seen by everyone. And I, I think that's what we've also seen in a lot of electioneering, the amount of times that we've seen ministers and even important um, dignitaries go out to farm has been pretty lacklustre and I would have liked to see a little bit more of that in the background. The one great thing about Members Council is the ability to meet lots of people and have those discussions but workforce is absolutely critical and one of the key pinch points in all industries across the sector. Having an understanding of where the, the finances are going to go, that inflationary pressures both on our businesses and our input costs, and then also what that means to the consumer has also been a very topical discussion. But I think the main thing about it is having that clarity of once again, the Time to Thrive document and the support that we've seen through all of our membership, and that being the framework of our conversations over the last well six weeks has been really uh, exciting and one of the things that's been giving us a lot of camaraderie throughout the, uh, throughout the two days. One of the things that I always find interesting when you talk to the, the general consumer, the, the general um, population out there, is that they don't necessarily understand where their food comes from or what they're putting in their mouth. But if we can just get them to focus a little bit about where that comes from and the impact that their dollar makes when they're at their supermarket checkout or the grocery checkout is huge. And we've seen some data today to suggest that when we tell our story, it's really important, but we need to have a purpose and a meaning behind that story. So for us, it's continuing that um, story, that storyline about how important agriculture is, not only to what they're putting in their mouths and what they're consuming, but where that dollar actually trickles down and actually builds regional communities. Here's Georgie Somerset from Agforce Queensland Farmers Limited. So looking forward to working with the new government to make sure that agriculture is a priority. Our regions are critically important, our regional ecosystems, um, but supporting agriculture as a key pillar of our economy and supporting the farmers who actually ensure that we've got food for Australia and for the world and that we're an effective trading nation. So during the election campaign, I think that we've not heard enough about agriculture. We haven't heard about the role that agriculture is playing in driving our economy and our regions. Uh, we've talked about uh, jobs, but we, we haven't talked about making sure those jobs are in regional locations and ensuring that we've got the infrastructure and the supply chain security to keep agriculture effectively operating into the future. This is Peter Thompson, the NFF Chair for the Telecommunications and Social Policy so, Committee. Um, yeah, just with the election coming up, we're uh, really excited about the fact that we've got both parties, I think for one of the first times ever, are supporting pretty well all the calls we've been making on the telco side. So the sort of investment that we want to see, whether it might be black spot, whether it might be um, regional tech hub funding, uh, just right across the whole range, we were obviously heavily involved in the uh, recent review and uh, there were 13 points that came out, 12 or 13 points that came out of that. Every one of them were very high on our agenda, so we're pleased to see that. And then when we put it to both the current government and the opposition, to a 
to a point, it was quite incredible. They um, were fully supportive of what we wanted. And in fact, some of the funding was even somewhat higher than what we had hoped for. So yeah, we're actually all smiles on the <laughs> on our telecommunication side. There's still obviously a lot more things to do as well. But uh, And we've got some really exciting new technology that's starting to come in now with got the low orbiting satellite, uh, the Starlink system, Telstra are just about to go down the low orbiting uh, satellite route as well and I think we're going to see eventually, or after, you know, it's been a long time coming, but we're going to see reliable both data and voice communication, mobile, right across the country. I thought, I hoped it would happen in my lifetime. I now realise it's going to happen within weeks or within months that we're going to see the change. So you're feeling very positive and who knows what the election outcome will be, but it's a nice position to be in to think that whichever way it goes, we're in a good position. And I think the, the work that NFF as an organisation does, this is really shows that it is... You know, it's really good stuff that's been done behind the scenes. A lot of people don't realise that these sort of things, they don't just materialise out of thin air. There's a lot of people been working hard on it and uh, they believe their message and yeah, we've got it through, so things are looking positive. We also heard about workforce challenges from Bonnie Skinner, CEO of Sheep Producers Australia. And how they're affecting the industry. The challenges that we've seen in the sheep industry supply chain have, have ranged from on-farm labour shortages right through to shearing and through our meat processing sector as well. So it's it's pretty unprecedented. It's pretty hard to calculate as well. But certainly the, the COVID um, impacts that we've seen to skilled people coming over to Australia to help our supply chain. Um, it's, it's been a tremendous impact and, and we're constantly hearing from growers and producers that this is impacting on their decisions around sheep production, flowing right through to our meat processing sector. I mean, we saw earlier this year the impacts that that had on prices at supermarket shelves. If we can't get people in to do these these jobs for us, it's going to impact everybody to the consumer. So I think it's a reflection of, of changing workforce trends generally amongst the Australian population. Um, certainly we've seen that exacerbated by COVID as well in terms of um, getting skilled people across into Australia. Right now, in terms of the sheep industry, a lot of people are looking down the barrel of moving away from wool production, for example, because of the, the challenges with getting shearers on their farms. So there's a, there is an opportunity in that in terms of the sheep meat production, but certainly for the wool sector, that's a very big concern. Um, and for getting actual product uh, through to the supply chain and getting lamb on tables, if we don't have people working in our processing sector, uh, it's going to mean driving up the prices of a, of a product. Um, and product availability will be threatened as well. Well, we're yet to see really any solid commitments from either party on, on how to solve this problem. So um, we're quite concerned. We need action um, very, very soon. And we'll be looking to follow that up with whichever party is successful. The Ag Visa, well, certainly for the shearers, we need to look at how we can extend that out to, to get shearers into the skilled category. Um, and we really need to be looking out to other countries beyond our Asian nations and, and our um, Pacific regions as well. We need to be looking out to the UK, the US, Canada, South America, other countries that we can sort of look to, to bring workers from so there. So are you disappointed by the AOP's decision to limit that visa to the Pacific? It is disappointing and, and we'd hope that we can continue those conversations should they be successful in the election. Um, look, we've been following the campaign uh, very hard uh, as it's rolled out and uh, just 
probably one of the things that we are concerned about is just the announcement that water buybacks might be back on the table. And our experience over the last decade is that they really have a huge impact on rural communities. Um, taking water out of those communities uh, has ripple effects right the way through. And uh, yeah, we really think that it's been clearly demonstrated that investments in infrastructure can maintain productivity, can maintain jobs, and still get the water back for the environment. And we really believe that um, that should be looked at. That was Adam Kay, CEO of Cotton Australia. Now let's hear from Marcus Rathsman, President of the Cattle Council of Australia. Look, Australia is a trading country. We export, um, certainly for the beef industry, 70% of our product. Um, you know, we pride ourselves on our disease-free status for um, our Australian product. Australia is regarded as having the safest meat product in the world and it's underpinned by our integrity systems. So that's why biosecurity is at the top of the list for, let's say, the beef industry, certainly. Well, naturally, um, we've, on our uh, northern border, there's been an incursion in Indonesia um, of lumpy skin disease, also foot and mouth disease. Um, I do would like to acknowledge the, the um, current government's efforts in boosting funding for biosecurity, um, also to boost uh, our uh, northern biosecurity efforts and also in the traceability space. But both NFF and Cattle Council are apolitical organisations and we will work with the government of the day to ensure that um, biosecurity funding is increased and is appropriate to protect our industries. Um, at this stage, yes, but um, we need to keep that momentum going because we certainly have a lot to lose if we have a disease incursion. Um, it'll be devastating for our Australian livestock industries. And we do need to get better organised. We do need to improve our traceability systems um, just to make sure they're up to scratch we need to harmonise legislation between the states and we need to bring the other species in. It's not just an issue for beef, it's an issue for all cloven foot animals. Thank you for listening to this weekly wrap-up from the National Farmers Federation. For more information about the NFF, visit nff.org.au. Otherwise, stay tuned until next week for the next instalment.